Severe ulcerative colitis continues to be a medical emergency requiring hospitalization for optimal management. Medical rescue therapies like cyclosporin and infliximab are widely administered, resulting in 75% of the patients having short-term response to cyclosporin and 70% to infliximab, respectively, and 50% of the patients having long-term response to both these therapies. We're going to be exploring these and other updates about managing these types of patients in today's discussion. You're listening to CCFA Perspectives, Crohn's and Colitis Updates on ReachMD, and I'm Dr. Karen Heller, Chief Scientific Officer at the Crohn's and Colitis Foundation of America. Joining me today to discuss hospital management of severe colitis is gastroenterologist Dr. Adam Chaffetz, Associate Professor of Medicine at Beth Israel Deaconess Medical Center. Welcome, Dr. Chaffetz. Thanks, Karen. I appreciate the invitation to participate in this event. Well, we're delighted to have you at ReachMD. So I'd like to get started with the questions. When do you recommend using cyclosporin instead of infliximab? I'd start by saying that, as you sort of alluded to, infliximab and cyclosporin both really appear to be equally effective as rescue therapy for steroid-resistant severe ulcerative colitis. And this was nicely shown in the head-to-head jetaid study where there was equal response rate at day seven, about 75%, and an equal amount of treatment failure at day 98, about 55 to 60%. And recently, there was also a nice meta-analysis in the Red Journal in 2016 by Narula that showed similar results In the control trial, there was no difference between cyclosporin and infliximab, though in the non-randomized trials, infliximab had a slightly higher response rate and lower 12-month colectomy rate. I'll be honest, though I typically use infliximab in severe hospitalized UC, there are certain situations where I would consider cyclosporin. The first is a patient with a contraindication to infliximab, such as a demyelinating disease or a relative contraindication like a recent melanoma. Another time I would use cyclosporin is in a patient who's previously failed infliximab and hasn't yet failed azathioprine or betalizumab, or a patient who is a past primary non-responder to another anti-TNF therapy with proven good drug concentrations. Use cyclosporin, and if they respond, these patients could then be transitioned to either azathioprine or vetalizumab. Some specialized centers will also consider using cyclosporin in a very severe UC presentation with very high CRPs, low albumins, as these are the patients that are most likely to lose infliximab in their stool, and and some physicians feel this may be where cyclosporin may have more benefit. Regardless of the choice, you know, the patients do require close monitoring, symptoms, vitals, abdominal exam, labs, CRP, and whether it's cyclosporin or infliximab, I think following drug concentrations is, is needed. And before a physician uses cyclosporin, they should certainly be comfortable with it and make sure that their staff are comfortable with it. And like anything else we do, the choice is really shared decision between the patient and the physician. 
And when we think about the individualization of these treatment regimens, as you brought up the different factors that make you think about cyclosporin versus infliximab, how and when do you think about cytomegalovirus, CMV colitis, as a complicating factor and excluding that? So I rule out CMV in all patients admitted to the hospital with severe UC. This is done with sigmoidoscopy and biopsies, and then histopathology should be reviewed for CMV. You can see inclusion bodies or so-called owl eyes, and it should also be done with a special immunohistochemical stain or a PCR to look specifically for CMV. I think it's important to note that when you take the biopsy, it's important to biopsy the center of an ulcer because that's where CMV is located. And if you go towards the edge or even outside the area of an ulcer, you can run the risk of missing CMV. Going back to those you give anti-TNF therapy to in the hospital, how long do you give that therapy in the hospital before moving to colectomy? Again, it's a very individualized decision. In my practice, I use an accelerated or an intensified dosing strategy. This accelerated strategy was shown in one study by an Irish group to decrease short-term but not long-term colectomy rates. And we know from other European studies that patients with severe UC are losing a significant amount of infliximab in their stool and very quickly can get low levels of drug in their system and early antibody development. I think these people require higher and or more frequent dosing. So I typically start with 10 milligrams per kilogram and will give the next dose as soon as three days later and monitor the patient very closely and follow their CRP very closely as well. If the CRP and their symptoms respond, but then they start to develop symptoms again or CRP starts to creep back up, that's when I'll give another dose of infliximab. If a patient doesn't have any response after two doses, maybe three, but typically two and they're amenable, I typically will just send them for surgery. I like to quote one of my mentors from Mount Sinai, David Sacker, who sort of aptly points out that it's not about saving colons, it's about saving lives. I think it's also going to be important, currently I think more academic, but in the future I think being able to follow infliximab concentrations and watching to see how quickly those drop and making sure you get that next dose in uh, before it becomes undetectable is going to become very important. And I think once point-of-care testing is available, it will certainly be much easier And I'll point out that this is certainly an area that requires further study. If you are just tuning in, you're listening to CCFA Perspectives, Crohn's and Colitis Updates on ReachMD. I'm Dr. Karen Heller, and I'm speaking with Dr. Adam Chaffetz, Associate Professor of Medicine at Beth Israel Deaconess Medical Center. If Clostridium difficile, or C. diff, is positive, do you treat the C. diff only or continue on immunosuppression? Another Great question. And unfortunately, patients with IBD are at a three to four increased risk for C. difficile. And and patients with IBD, when they get C. diff, they're at an increased risk of morbidity and mortality. Like CMV, all patients admitted with severe UC need to have C. diff ruled out. 
When the C. diff is positive, vancomycin should be started. And in this setting, the patient should be treated simultaneously for the C. difficile and the ulcerative colitis. ECHO guidelines support the concomitant use of steroids for UC while treating the C. difficile. Using rescue therapy like infliximab or cyclosporin in this situation is a bit more controversial. However, I do it as do many others and think it's necessary. At this point, you're really dealing both with the C. difficile and a flare of the colitis, and treating the C. diff doesn't seem to be sufficient. But again, this is an area that certainly would benefit from further investigation. So before we wrap up, are there any takeaway points you'd like to impart to our audience about hospital management of these patients? I think one is to really remember these patients are sick. They need close monitoring. And regardless of how good we think they are, there really still is a mortality associated with hospitalized severe UC. I think it's important that that you, you sort of move quickly with these patients. You don't let them sit around in the hospital languishing on steroids. By day three, you really should have a good idea if the patient is going to respond to corticosteroids or not. I use the Oxford index because it's easy to remember. And on day three, if the C-reactive protein's more than 45, or if the patient's having more than eight bloody bowel movements in 24 hours, there's a less than 15% chance that these patients are going to respond to steroids. At this point, you really know and should be discussing that next step with the patient to get them ready for what's going to come next. I also think it's very important to point out to your patients that surgery should really not be considered a failure of medical therapy and that it's just another option to treat their colitis, particularly their severe colitis. And I actually discuss this as an option when I start to discuss cyclosporin and infliximab. And I think it's important for the physician to remember and the patient to understand that once they're admitted with severe UC and they fail IV steroids that, unfortunately, probably less than half of these patients are still going to have their colons five years uh, out. And I always say, don't forget the DBT prophylaxis. Important takeaway points. Many thanks to our guest, Dr. Adam Schaefitz, for joining us today to talk about hospital management of severe ulcerative colitis. It was great having you with us. Thank you so much. Thank you. I appreciate it. And I'm your host, Dr. Karen Heller. To access this episode and others in this series and to download the ReachMD app, visit ReachMD.com. We encourage you to leave comments and share this program with your colleagues. Thank you for listening.